everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Master Instructor Roundtable. I'm Regional Master Instructor Marty Miller here with my dear friend, as always, here to kick off the year, Miss Wendy Batts. How are you, Wendy? I'm great, Marty. How are you? I'm great. You know, I, ready happy to New jump year. into 2022. Exactly. Happy New Year. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I think this is super important. And I know, you know, it seems like every single year about this time, we start talking about setting realistic goals. So I don't think we should change that because without a goal, we have nothing to shoot for. So that's actually I, what we're covering. <laughs> totally agree. You totally agree. So I'm looking forward to it myself. So, you know, it's one of those things, Wendy, where, you know, I've, we've talked about it in the past. I talked a little bit on our coffee talks. You know, I like to do a reset, like we talked about at the end of the year and it's time to get it to going, right? No time, mm -hmm. like the present. Yes. Yes. And you know what? It's like I made a list. And so far my list, I'm like, hmm, I, I haven't done so well. I mean, granted, we're on what, you know, day six. So I've got some time to uh, make up for it. But, you know, there's been there's been a lot of things that are going on. All very good. Um, but mm -hmm. I still need to do more self care, Marty. That is like, you know, it's trying to fit it in. That is my goal for 2022. And um, and so I really good. just. I need to schedule it. I need to sit down time and put block. it in my calendar. <laughs> yep. yes. Time block. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely. <laughs> well, let's jump in. Let's talk about what we're going to cover. Um, and then we actually got a really good Facebook question off of this topic that I think, um, Marty, I think you and I both can probably talk about because um, when we look at the next slide here, you know, um, we're thinking about some of these statistics and, you know, we're talking about these New Year's resolutions and, you know, everybody sets them. And, you know, if you're looking at the statistics that we saw for last year, 44% said that, which was number one, was to exercise more. So that doesn't seem very shocking to me. <laughs> nope. It's, it's everyone wants to do it. I, I call it like the apple versus apple pie theory. You know, pretty much everybody over like third grade education would probably say, okay, apple we know is healthier but we might choose the apple pie. Most people are like, yeah, I know I need to exercise, especially with what's going on in the world today. You know, one of the best things is being in as best a shape as possible as you can be. And so why wouldn't, you know, people want to start the year with exercising more? Yes. And eating healthier. Marty, I don't think you can eat any healthier. I, on the other hand, can definitely change my plate. <laughs> I travel a lot though. So sometimes there's a gun to my head. So I have to be wise enough to make the best decisions possible or understand the days that I am in total control of my diet. I better lock it in because, you know, have you seen airport food lately? Uh, unfortunately, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you want fried so pack, or fried? <laughs> I, I, I packed a lot of snacks. <laughs> and the next one I thought was interesting was only about 5% of people who try to lose weight um, ultimately succeed according to research. So when you think about that, Marty, 5%, mm -hmm. that, I mean, you know, as a trainer, I think it's actually a really good, this is a good statistic to bring up when you're trying to talk about assessments or uh, talking about selling your your um, your services when you're in the middle of the assessment. Because if you say, you know what, if you have a trainer and you have somebody to hold you accountable, I think accountability is so crucial because I think that number will go up if you look at the people that have trainers or people that don't. Because, you know, people are like, oh, you know, I really don't know if I can afford that. But you and I have said this multiple times. How much is your health worth? you know? So absolutely. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's worth it. Yeah. And one of the things that when I talk to a bunch of personal trainers and try to help them kind of have a strategy is one of the things that I try not to over-focus on with my clients that I've had in the past is the cosmetics and even weight loss to a certain extent is if I get them to move better, if I get to move them, 
more wet, you know, better often and then under load and then at high speeds, a lot of times the other goals fall into place. Now that doesn't mean we're not going to, you know, look at uh, their calorie consumptions and things like that. But I always try to reset to the, let's get through an integrated training program and let's see where this takes us. I don't, I try to not get them to focus day one on how much weight they need to lose because if they can't exercise efficiently, can't enjoy exercise and don't move efficiently, probably not going to exercise frequently. Yes. And those of you guys that are tuning in, if you know, you're here with Marty Miller and myself, Wendy Batts on the master instructor Roundtable, talking about he helping to set realistic goals. I mean, especially, you know, I think sitting down with your clients and doing this at the beginning of the year is super important. Even if you've had clients for years, and I do this with all of my clients because, again, I have them and they just stay with me, which I love. But we always start the new year with, OK, what are we going to do differently this year? And oftentimes it's like I love the path that I'm on. I just want to stay on the journey like we have. You know, I want to be able to move better, feel better, focus on, you know, playing with my kids or grandkids or, you know, if it's one of my pro athletes playing at the highest level, reducing injury. But you know what? I think it's often it's, it's just so important to say it. And actually, even though it may be the same, you know, I mean, you can set different numbers. I mean, obviously that's something that when we talk about being very specific, but, you know, I think most of my clients kind of stay on the same journey and they're very happy with it. That's why they keep coming back. I don't know if you've had that same experience, Marty, but. No, I, I couldn't have said it better. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then of course the 7% stick to their resolutions. You know, like I said, I know that there's going to be some that I'm really going to have to be hyper focused on in order to execute correct, you know, like the way that I want to in 2022. But you know what? New calendar, new year, new start. So see what happens. <laughs> maybe, maybe when we redo this and we recap, I'll be like, OK, so I was you right. know, three for five or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. As long as we're making a move in the right direction. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So let's talk about goals when we're talking about it. If we go to the next slide, I think it's you know important to really kind of focus specifically on how do you set goals? Because there's a difference between saying, like you said, Marty, I want to lose weight. I want to do all this stuff. But when you think about if you don't set something you know, smart, which is what we'll go over next, we have to think about why these these goals fail. And so when you think about 7% of people are successful setting their goals and sticking with them, you know, this picture says a lot. <laughs> and I know we've used it in the past, but it's, there's not a better image out there. I don't think. I like the mindset though, right? This, kid, this kid's ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely, I can say if I just put my kid's face there, that's how he feels. He feels like he's he-man. He can lift anything, do anything. And then when he tries and he doesn't, he gets very, very frustrated. But the thing is, is that's, that's life. You know, we yeah. sometimes aim too high. Right. Our goals aren't realistic. Um, you know, or this is a big one. It's really just not that important. It sounds good. You know, when someone's like, oh, I'm going to do this. And you're like, you know what? Me too. Well, if you're that me too person, but it's not really your idea, your goal, then it's not going to be something that you're going to actually be successful with unless it is extremely important to you, your health and your family. And, you know, and I think another big one, when we talk about clients don't understand the process, it's like the process of what Marty, if somebody said that, how would you take that? How do you explain that? Kind of what I talked about a little while ago is as soon as I can build rapport and really try to dig into why they're there, what's their true goal? What's, the end goal for them, or do they even know the right end goal? Did they just come in because it's the beginning of the year and, you know, they think that it's what you do. You join a gym at the beginning of the year is really, I want them to understand that this is a journey that they're going on. 
and that uh, it's about self-care, as you were talking about, even if it, you know, we know self-care can be kind of carved out with the recovery and the soft tissue work, but really to me, fitness is self-care in the sense that, you know, longevity, health, wellness. And if I can get them to shift their focus on enjoying the process, understanding, I'm going to say it, you've heard it a thousand times is fitness is the race with no finish line. Then sometimes things start to fall back into place. I don't want them to think that, okay, I've got this first month to just get after it. I want them to learn the process, learn where they're at, learn where I'm going to take them, but learn that there is a systematic way we're going to get them to any goal really that they want. We'll find a way to do it. And if we can get that mindset turned around, then I think we alleviate some of the bigger hurdles that set people up for potential failure. Oh, nicely said. Wow. So well done, Marty. I can't even add to that because that was perfect. Right, <laughs> There's your first perfect of the now. year. You can take the rest of it. <laughs> right. Well, and, and this brings us to kind of what I was talking about um, before we even hit the other slide is, you know, setting smart goals. And, you know, mm -hmm. when people, when I sit down, I'm like, oh, we're going to sit down and set some smart goals. They always look at me like, what do you mean by smart goals? Like all my goals are smart. I'm like, well, that's not what I mean because smart, you know, it, when you break it down, it actually stands for something. So when we're talking about the S, we're talking about specific. So Marty, if I said, you know what, um, if I was your client and I came into you and I'm like, you know what, I just want to be able to look better. I want to be, I want to weigh less than I want to look better. What would you say on a specific standpoint? Um, how would you take that? Or how could you help a trainer understand sure. how to take that comment and make it into something that's going to be helpful for you as a trainer and success, you know, help them reach that goal? Right. My mind first goes to, is there something like sometimes what they say doesn't match up truly with the goal, the way they say it. So my first question would be like, Wendy, can you define what that means to you? Mm -hmm. You know, and now again, I gotta be very careful. I'll go, Oh, you look amazing. I, I, I've said in other sessions, male, especially towards females. I, I don't talk about people's physical appearance. I try not to, to focus on that. I talk about their work ethic, you know, how frequently they're coming to the gym, things like that. Cause you never know what a trigger could be. So, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say anything other than Wendy. That's great that, uh, you know, as you said to me, you want to look better. Can you, can you please tell me what that means? So we know when it's been accomplished. Yes. And then, you know, so, so get them to talk about specifically what they're talking about, because, you know, we could interpret that in so many different ways. And so, you know, I think that was, that was something that, uh, I mean, you, you nailed that one too, because you have to be able to be more specific on what is it, what does that mean to you? And then measurable, you know, we talk about as trainers that we want to reassess a client every four to six weeks. So on the smart goals, Marty, when we're talking about measurable, how would you explain that to someone that's brand new in training? So, you know, we're, we're looking at, I know many, many people, um, their goal was to pass the CPT. And we had a lot of unbelievable new trainers that have come aboard on the NASM CPT. And so we're excited to have you guys, but I know that there were some questions. So when you're talking about measurable, Marty, what specifically would that mean? It's something I can test and retest, right? So mm -hmm. it could be body fat. It could be measurements. It could be an endurance test. It could be a strength test. It could be an overhead squat assessment, anything that I can put data to and then go back and then do the data again. It could also be how many times a week they want to work out, right? We can track that. So, okay. You're coming in three times a week. You only made it twice. So it's anything numerical, probably for the most part off the top of my head that we can track and then have a starting point and then reassess at, you know, at a given time, 
two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, et cetera. Yes. And to me, I think A and R, they, they usually go hand in hand with me. So attainable and realistic, and I don't want to necessarily combine them together, but in my case, I often do because I look at it on, you know, if somebody says that, you know, they haven't ran in 20 years, but they want to go and run, um, you know, safely injury-free, um, and they haven't done anything, you know, for let's say five or 10 years, but now they have this goal in mind and, you know, the marathon is two months away that's probably not realistic and it's probably not attainable to do if you want to think about the possible injuries that could occur because they haven't done anything in that many, you know, that, that um, time frame. And so I think when you're talking about realistic, you know, if somebody's setting a weight loss goal, is it something that they can do safely? You know, we're not looking for the TV show weight loss. We're looking for what's realistic to live a healthy life and to make that change I think in your, in your, in your lifestyle, because, you know, people can starve themselves. People can go on all these different diets where you're removing things from your diet or eating more of this, that, and the other. But is that something that you want to do the rest of your life? Because you have to make sure that when you're starting this, it shouldn't be considered a diet. It should just be a, a positive change in nutrition as well as your exercise habits. Absolutely. And that, I mean, that's the key thing is we need to set people up for success, right? Mm-hmm. And then timely, Marty, talk to me about time. You know, I think sometimes, um, you know, just picking a goal, like, uh, you know, you know that um, all three of my boys are into fitness now and one of them's thinking about getting certified, right? And, you know, if he said to me, hey, dad, three years from now, I want to do this, that, the other. It's like, okay, great, but let's look at what can be done maybe in small doses. And when you take that to fitness, let's say, um, you know, he's got my genetics. He's not gonna put on 15 pounds of muscle right away or he's not going to be training in power right away. He's got to go through those phases of training. So we want to set the goals to timely increments that we can come back to. They're, they're, they're not so far off that the person doesn't really see the progress they're making because you, know, you don't get in shape in one workout, but you, know, you, you want to make sure that they see those small little steps in shorter periods of time. So that way they can really see the progress they're making. And I think too, that also comes back to accountability. You know, if they're mm -hmm. going to set a time frame, then you're going to hold them accountable. And then one of the reasons that we talk so much about the SMART goals is because if they start canceling on you, or, you know, let's say they didn't hit a goal, but they told you that they've gone out and they've gone on all these vacations and, you know, yeah, they may have gone on walks on the beach and stuff, but yet they also ate, you know, three or four really heavy meals, you know, every single day and they were gone for a week or week and a half, that all adds up. And so you need mm -hmm. to be able to say, listen, in order for us to keep you on track and stay on track, that's, you know, that's why we break it up because I think the accountability on the time is important. Plus it gives them a goal to reach for, and you're striving to help them achieve that. And that's when, you know, it's important that, that, that those goals are important to them. That's why we brought up why the goals fell earlier. If it's not that important, then they're not going to be successful. But if it is something that's important and you have all of these goals or, you know, you've got the smart goals in, in line and in process, you're going to set yourself up as a trainer to help them be very successful long-term. And um, if you guys are joining us, Marty Miller and I are talking about you know, helping to set realistic resolutions for your clients. I also say for myself too, because I think this, you know, we all have to have goals you know, what's your dream? What's your goal? So, you know, you need to start it. We're at the beginning of January. We've got, you know, what, 300 and so 359 more days to go uh, in order to try to achieve our goals. And I think writing them out is going to be super important too, because I know for me, I write everything on sticky notes. And so therefore they sit there and stare me in the face 
And so I have goals all over the place, all over the place. (laughs) Yeah. You know, my routine. So yes. So smart, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic. Wait, I'm missing one. Uh, Specific, measurable, attainable, are realistic and timely. I was like, what's the other one? Timely. So yes. And so if we also think about goals, we also want to think about cardio. And so Marty, you want Marty, you want to talk to us about the fit principle? Yes, absolutely. So again, like I always say, do you exercise or do you train, right? We want people to have training outcomes because the more that you're sticking to the science, the better your outcomes are going to be. Anyone can just exercise and go into gym and yeah, you'll burn calories and Sometimes you can accidentally uh, progress, but that doesn't mean you're going to progress as specifically as if you're following the science. So when you look at our slide here, when we look at our cardiovascular training, you know, they came up with a great acronym here that you'll see on um, the FIT principle. So we got frequency, intensity, time, type, and enjoyment. So what I try to do is I don't change too many of the variables at all at once when it comes to frequency, intensity, and time, or you've heard that called duration. With the type and enjoyment, those can be moved around a little bit. Um, I don't. I have a, a bike at home. I don't want to always be in a seated position, so I might do something else more upright or more that uh, multi-planar motion. But frequency is how many times I'm going to do it per week. Then our intensity is the level of demand that we place upon our body. Where is our heart rate going to be? What's our work-to-rest ratios? What physiological effect are we looking for? You know, our VO2 max, and the time is the length of it. So is it, you know, a 20 minute session? Is it a hour session, hour and a half? Cause all that has to play into the rest of my workouts and as well as my recovery. Then the type, again, as I talked about, I have two different cardio product, well, three, but two of them, which I use is a rower and a bike. I like to purposely um, use those um, sometimes the same workout, depending on what I want to accomplish. And then when I've been in that seated position for a period of time, I might go for a long walk at a lower intensity just to get you know, a little bit difference and not overload myself. And then enjoyment is what are you going to do? So I like also martial arts. I like doing uh, battling ropes and things like that. You know, if you ask me to go run six miles on a treadmill, it ain't going to happen. I'm sorry. It's just, it's not that I don't want my VO2 max to that level. It's just, that is not something I enjoy. So this is where you can use these principles to truly help you and help your client start to really get better outcomes from their cardio. Yes. And I know a lot of times people are just like, well, when, you know, when you think about the timing of it, they're like, when would you ever have somebody go for like an hour or an hour and a half or whatever? Well, when I lived in Arizona, we would go for hikes with my clients and some of those hikes were, you know, multiple hours and, and it was something that we had fun. It wasn't like we were, you know, like we were killing it for that long, but it was, you know, we would, we would walk fast. We would hike up, we would go downhill, we'd go around some switchbacks. And so you want to take all that stuff in consideration because it was a great cardio workout. It wasn't something that we did every single day because obviously that didn't fit within our schedule, but you know, you want to think too, to your point, what are your, what does your client enjoy? And then at that point, what makes sense? Because if you tell them to, like you said, Marty, I want you to get on the treadmill and go run. First of all, we know the impact on running doesn't even make sense based on their assessment. And then second of all, if they hate it, they're not going to do it. And then they're not going to be successful. So you want it to be a win-win all around. Um, And I think when you're sitting down and you're really walking through the SMART goals and you're building your rapport with your client, find out what they enjoy to do, you know, like they enjoy doing. And then at that point, you're going to help them become more successful because you can say, hey, when you're walking the dog, maybe to go for like a little interval sprints, like just kind of like sprint for like 10 seconds and then walk and then 10 seconds. The dog will think it's fun. You'll think it's fun. You're going to do something different. 
um, you know, you're adding little intervals. So it's just the more you can change it up. Remember the said principle, you get what you, tra you train for. So if you do the same thing over and over and over again, you're really not challenging your body for that long period of time, like months in, and you're going to have to do something different in order to burn more calories at a faster rate. Yep, absolutely. And I think, you know, people tend to get frustrated again because they're not losing the weight or they're not doing this, that, the other, but they just go on a treadmill and walk at three miles an hour for 30 minutes because they don't have our knowledge. So when you can really, again, get into that and start to program it, I, I've always said this, I don't think personal trainers program cardiovascular work in a progressive manner like they do resistance training. I think there's a huge miss out there uh, mm -hmm. because most people want to get better at cardio and they get bored very quickly. So that's why I love uh, when we discuss this topic. Me too. So we move on to the next slide and we're going to, you know, kind of take it again to, oh, shocker, the OPT model. I've seen again, this before. I, you know, just a few times. And, in you know, we put this in the slide so often, guys, because it really, you know, just think every four to six weeks, your body's going to start to adapt. And if you're programming your client correctly and you notice that in the very beginning, they have a ton of different compensations. We want to try to make them move better. They move better. They feel better. They're going to become stronger. And then as they become stronger, they're going to become more powerful. So, you know, when we talk about the, you know, the levels of training, starting with stabilization, stabilization is your foundation. You have got people think that phase one is always easy and it's not. If compensations exist, that means something is not firing correctly. There is some overactivity in muscles. There's underactivity in other muscles that's not aligning the joints, meaning they don't have neuromuscular efficiency. So they're not moving in the right plane of motion, using the right muscles at the right time. So therefore, they're expending all of this energy trying to move, and it's not necessarily moving in the best way possible. If you follow the model and you really take time to go through each phase, you think about the tempo, you think about the rep ranges, and you're very strict and strategic in your programming and your planning, then your clients will be successful. And it's going to be easy for you because it is a blueprint. And you'll see this on the next couple of slides that this model gives you the answers to help clients achieve any goal. As long as you are very patient, it's not about you. It's about the client. Yep. And I just had this discussion again with my son as he's contemplating. It's like, if you can get this fundamental thing about how brilliant the model is to me, everything else starts to open up because that's your toolbox. That's how you're going to view things. And then as you see and learn other information, the tools, then you know how to filter and put it in place. And I think that is, you know, I had that aha moment back in 2000 and probably two, when I saw the model for the first time, I'm like, okay, there is a correct way because, mm -hmm. you know, I came from sports medicine and strength and conditioning. And I was like, this doesn't make sense that everyone's got their own philosophy. Like the human body is the human body. So this was that aha moment that now I'm like, I'm just going to master this. And 20 plus years later, I'm still learning nuances and, and then new technology comes out, new tools come out. But this is how I always filter the information and it has served me very well over 20 some years. Yes, me as well. And just remember that, you know, the model's not rigid. It doesn't mean that if there's, you know, some tool that you want to use that you can't use it. And that's where I think sometimes people start missing the boat a little bit. The thing is, is, you know, there's tools out there that some people should never use because it's just not safe for them or not appropriate for their goals or the way that they move. However, that same tool could be very appropriate to someone on a different level, and that's when you would use it to program it. So just because it's in the gym 
doesn't mean you should use it. You want to think about what's best for the client. And you also want to think too, when would that particular modality or tool best be used? You know, following, like we said, you know, the, the acute variables are set there to really help someone achieve specific goals and outcomes. And, but it doesn't mean you can't play around with it. And I think that's one thing I really want to hit home, especially to our newer trainers, have fun with the model, you know, but then also just be smart. Absolutely. And again, there's so many amazing ways to train people always using the model. So that's why we stick to it. So for those that are just joining in, myself and my dear friend, Miss Wendy Batts, are here on this week's Master Instructor Roundtable. We're talking about kicking off the year right in 2022, helping your clients set realistic resolutions so that way they can achieve the absolute most success possible. Yes. And I just saw a comment that came in from Jake. It said, I just passed my CPT. So congratulations. Right. And we really, CPT family. I know like, welcome to NASM, but I really want to, you know, thank you for listening to us. Every, every chance you get, we truly appreciate it. And Jack, you know, Jake, we're going to give you our contact information at the end. So if there's questions that you end up having that you would like for us to do some webinars on, please, please be sure to reach out and let us know, because again, we want to be able to produce this type of type of content to best serve the needs of, of you guys that take the time to listen to us. And um, so, yeah, so moving on, but we're, let's talk about some individualized programs, you know? Right, absolutely. And again, going back to what we see on the Facebook page or now working with my son who's new or someone like Jake, you know, that uh, just passed his exam and is gonna start training people is no matter where you put your clients, let's say you work in a boutique studio, let's say you work in a boot camp, let's say you work in groups, it still should be individualized as much as you can get it. And you have to assess if you're not assessing, you're guessing. So quick, you know, you'll get, learn how to do the assessments quickly. You might be able in a facility that you can carve out some time and really do a thorough. The key thing is as long as you're doing the assessments and starting to identify movement compensations, because there is a right and wrong way to move. And we want to work towards moving better. I'm not saying move perfectly, but we want to work towards moving better that efficiency in movement, the neuromuscular efficiency. That way, there's a better chance that you can progress your clients in a safe manner, and they'll be more likely to have a broader aspect that they can look at when it comes to their fitness goals. Mm -hmm. So that's why Wendy and I will always talk about the assessments. And Jake, you're talking about the CES next. That's a great logical next step to dive in even deeper into that assessment process. Yes, I love the CES. So it's one of one that I know you and I hold very close to our heart because yes. it does kind of differentiate us and we can help people like feel better. I mean, Absolutely. what, what, <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty Including rewarding. myself, self-care. I know, I know. <laughs> but when we talk about overcoming challenges, you know, I think it's really important too that you set that clear path, help your clients have the next steps because you can set all these goals and, and everything. But I also think it's important too. I mean, and I do this with my clients. I set down um, at the end of every month, we talk about, I do it month to month with my clients. Mm -hmm. um, I schedule them out. So therefore they know the time and the day. And then the day before I send texts as a reminder. But then I also, if I know that somebody's having like a, a challenging week, or I know that, um, you know, there's certain things that are going on, or if I just want to send just a quick, you know, want to want to see how you're doing today, just checking in, you know, were you sore after the last workout? I mean, the clients really do appreciate texts, emails, calls, anything like that, because it just shows that you're kind of going above and beyond. And again, it comes back around to that accountability. And I think that's super, super important. Absolutely. And, and, you know, 
there's the art of training and the science of training where it merges together. The science is, you know, the science, but the art is now how you take that and you tweak it and you morph it to the person in front of you. And everybody's a little bit different or a lot different personalities, <laughs> goals, you know, time constraints. So this is why it's so important to do that reset instead of just training somebody without really kind of having some structure to it. So that way you can kind of say, Hey, you, you kind of fell off the tracks here. Let's get it back. Or you're doing great. So that way they just have a, a frame of the context on what's going on. Plus it really shows your value. Wendy, I know you do an amazing job communicating with your clients, but that really shows the professionalism. And as they see you as a more a higher level professional, they're not going to want to stop training with you. And then overcoming potential objections in rates is almost not an issue. Yeah. And then Marty, I know this is something too, because you, you know, you pretty much did your doctorate on this, but can you talk to a little bit about being empathetic and how yeah. that's different and how, because those excuses are going to start coming in guys that they're, they're gung ho right now. It's beginning of January. So when we talk about being empathetic, can you kind of go into how we, we, we change the conversation? Yes, absolutely. No, this, this is something we've done before. We could always bring another topic back, um, you know, as we turn to the new year, but, you know, I think it's important to be careful how we first communicate with people and our professionalism. So back in the day, there was a TV show where there was people that would like to scream, right? And then we got into the boot camps. And yes, that can motivate some, but for the most part, what I found in my research, most people fear that type of feedback, especially if they're potentially looking for personal training. Part of that group of people are going to not feel comfortable with themselves and their body and their level of fitness. Everyone knows they should be in shape, right? So you've got to be careful, even what they say to you, that you can really hit and trigger people. So I'm always about positive reinforcement. That's, you know, I found that you're not going to go wrong encouraging people. I can go wrong kind of being aggressive. And if I'm talking to Wendy, who I know, I know Wendy, I could be like, Wendy, seriously, that's all you got today. She could be cool with it. But the person next to her, like, oh my God, I like, please don't look at me. Don't talk to me. I'm embarrassed. So those are one of the rules. But really to me, I think that we have to be careful also of they look at us as this is easy. They think that, you know, Wendy has been very honest, like, hey, I need to do better at this and I'm going to do this. And there's things that I need to do better in. Right. But they think that we wake up, spring out of bed and we're just in shape. And this is what we do. They don't realize that we have our struggles, too. But if I'm working with somebody who's on a weight loss plan, the one thing I really need to be careful with is I could say, and again, this is not Wendy's issue, but it's easier for me to kind of role play. Like, hey, Wendy, thanks for sharing that you want to lose 20 pounds. I completely understand that that's an important goal to you. Here's what we're going to do together. And here's how we're going to accomplish that. What I'm not going to say to Wendy is, oh, I totally understand. Because I, I don't understand. I Luckily, I have maybe kept off the weight, so I never had to lose it. But I've never had to lose the weight. So we need to be careful how we communicate because I think sometimes we get a little lazy with it or we haven't put the time and effort to read the right books. You don't have to go get do research on it like I did. There's enough books out there that can just help you with your communication skill set and truly understand people's psychology. And, you know, like I, Wendy knows this, the last thing she'd want to say to me, Wendy, would be what? You need to work out your calves. That's one. What else? <laughs> There's one other one. Wow, that hurt. I'm going to tell you guys, she says it to me every single time we, we, but that's a different story. <laughs> the other one I thought she might say was, uh, it's, uh, it's like, did you lose weight? 
Oh, right. <laughs> that's, not a, that's, that's not a compliment to me because I'm on the opposite end of it. I've struggled to maintain mm -hmm. weight even at my age. Um, I have to work very hard to keep on muscle mass. So again, we've got to be careful how we encourage. We've got to show empathy and compassion, but we have to do it and communicate it in the right way. So they understand, uh, you know, that we're never going to really embarrass them or make them feel bad about themselves. Yes. And I was just kidding. Marty has, no, worked his, he, okay. he, works, he works his legs very, very hard guys. I just want to tell you that, but you I've know, I'm, I'm going to pick on it somehow. tomorrow about it. Don't worry. I'll address it. <laughs> Um, there's a really good question that just came in. So I'm going to go ahead and, and read this to you, Marty, because um, I think this is a, something that's really important, especially for some of our newer trainers or even some of the veterans, because this commonly comes up. But do you find it's important to set goals for clients who aren't trying to work towards something specific? So, for example, mm -hmm. I have a client who was just bored with her routine and wanted me to mix things up. No, that's a great question. Absolutely. Um, because maybe they don't know that there should be goals. And, you know, I want to people. I want people to see their success. Maybe it's you know um, I'm just thinking of something here, like how much power they hit on a on a bike or a you know I'm thinking of some of our products here, a motorized treadmill that has a sled push or you know some measurable right because at some point it could come back like you know what I, I'm not seeing results and you're like whoa wait a minute you never really asked me to track that so I love to show them how well they're moving better I love to show them you know, performance outcomes. So that way, regardless, they might be like, wow, I never realized that. Thank you. Right. Cause they don't know what they should track. So I'm always okay. about that. And I think it's important, you know, to also think, well, why did they get bored? I mean, if you're doing something and you're, you know, let's say they, they had a different trainer or, you know, they're just coming to you because they did get bored, you know, then, then that's where the model really comes in um, to play because you should be able to change it up very Every single time somebody comes in, unless they're one of my senior clients, if they're a senior client, I may repeat some things because it may take them a little bit longer um, to learn how to do the movements correctly, or I may have only just done one set and I want them to get familiar with some of the basic fundamental movement patterns. Same thing as somebody that's never worked out before. But if I have one of my you know clients that's in pretty good shape, they love to work out, they want to do something different. If it was always doing the same type of, oh, we do this chest, this back, these biceps, tries and legs and shoulders, and it's always the same thing, but maybe just a little twist, I personally would get bored as well. Meaning if I was that client. So just think about the neural continuum that we've talked about. We have a whole webinar that if you guys want to go back and watch that, the differences between standing like staggered stance, two legs, single leg, alternating arms, one arm, one arm with rotation, all of that plays a completely different demand on the body. So therefore, every single time you're mixing some of that up, it still may use the same rep range. It may have the same tempo, but the exercise itself is different. The demand is different and they're going to have better outcomes because you're changing it up and the brain has to, you know, think, tell the body what to, what to do and to make sure it's moving appropriately. Absolutely. Love it's it. It's a great question. Yeah. And Maria, happy new year to you as well. Um, so the next, um, slide, let's talk about yeah. programming for success, Marty. I think everyone's adapted over the last two years. So, you know, we, a lot of us started off traditionally in our career as one-on-one, -on -one, then small groups came up and then things have adapted. And now 2020 and 2021 happened. So a lot of people adjusted and learned the new skills of taking what they've learned to three-dimensionally and be able to now put that out there two-dimensionally. So and you'll see on our list here you know, Zoom, FaceTime, Teams, 
And, you know, so that is a whole nother option of training that's here to stay now. That's awesome, right? So there are some silver linings to this having to adapt. It forced the industry probably by three to five years to move forward. But again, we go back to, as I talked about, boot camps, small groups, specific classes. I can do all of those and still stick to the model. I can do mm-hmm. a corrective exercise class, a stabilization endurance class. I can do a power class. So again, when you, I, the one thing I beg everyone that's ever taken our uh, content is study it, get certified, learn to master it, but then don't leave it at the door when you go into a, <laughs> a, a facility because they have some kind of unique programming. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. This will still be guide you the best way to do all of these. Yes. And there was actually a, a question that was on this that came up on the Facebook page and somewhere I'm going to read it to you, but it's, and it's kind of just like the question that you just answered, but something, somebody if you have like an older client that doesn't have that specific goal, but just wants to learn how to get up off the floor and move easier, mm-hmm. what do you say to that? Because it's really hard to put a smart goal to that. What I would say, you know, again, we don't know what the full conversation would be because I might say going back to specific, okay, that's awesome that you want to get up off the floor. Can you tell me why that's important to you? Besides the obvious, right? They might be <laughs> like, well, I had, well, but they might say, well, yes, from a safety standpoint, it's obvious, but I have three grandchildren and, I don't go to the floor to play with them. And it really hurts me emotionally. Be like, oh, great. We're going to get you to be, get up mm-hmm. and down the floor. So you have no limitations in playing with your grandchildren. Right there, I made that simple thing more specific, more measurable, and something that they may now have more of a desire to train for because it is so important. Or they might say, you know, if I could get up and down off the ground more, I might go back to gardening and things like that. Mm-hmm. So the model is going to still be your best friend, but I'm going to try to dig a little deeper, find out the why, and then we're going to make it happen. And I actually, the reason I, I wanted to, to answer this question too, is because this actually happened, you know, I'm working with someone right now that actually had that same thing. Um, you know, he is a, he's very active. He plays golf. He is, you know, 69. And um, his big thing was he wants to be able to get off the floor without using his hands. And the same thing, because he feels like an old man, in his words, old man trying to get up off the floor because he has to like turn around, put both hands down and then stand up a way that makes him, you know, feel like he was like he's looking at his dad. And um, and so I think it's it's the baby steps. It's also thinking, OK, that is a fundamental movement pattern mm-hmm. when you're thinking about squatting, when you're thinking about having, you know, to get down into different positions. Those are everyday activities of daily, daily living. So, you know, when you're training someone for that, then train them the same way, again, utilizing the model, you know, maybe start, always start regressed, start standing and then lowering them down to kneeling and then lowering them a little bit lower, use different, um, you know, uh, tools such as like the, if you're at the gym, the Smith machine, because the bars Mm -hmm. can adjust down and help them get stronger. And then also teach them, Hey, maybe if you're, you swing this leg around and then you use your arms just a little bit this way. So I think it's actually just teaching mechanics as well, because sometimes we forget that we've taken it for granted because we've always been able to do it. That when you can't do it, you have to think about how did you used to do it and why can't I do it now? (laughs) Exactly. No. And, and you'll get a client for life when you do that. Yes. Yes, for sure. So let's go to the next slide here. Um, you know, it's basically just getting ready to 
kind of wrap everything up. But I think the big one is accountability is important. You know, set yeah. smart goals for your clients, give them, a, you know, make them accountable in their goal setting. Again, it's not you setting the goals for them. They have to want these goals. They have to understand. And if you break it down each and every goal into a SMART goal, so if they have three specific goals and you, you do a SMART goal for each one of those, then it's only going to help you be successful because you have more clarity and truly what they're looking for. Um, assessments, Marty and I, we, you know, we will tell you guys, again, he said it, I will repeat it. Assessments. If you're not assessing, you're guessing. Those are key to help someone move better, feel better, and perform better long-term. The model is your blueprint, so use the model. Like you said, don't check it at the door. Actually use it. You guys actually studied this for a reason. It's still gold standard in the industry for a reason. It's been researched. It's evidence-based. It's awesome. <laughs> um, reassess every four to six weeks. Make sure they're hitting their goals. Make sure that you are programming to help them hit their goals. And then if you're not, then adjust. It's okay if you're not seeing those results right away, but then make those adjustments, help them. And there should be no excuses between them or you because you should be able to successfully help every client reach their goals if you went through this process because you both agreed that this was the smart way of going about their program. And I think yeah. that's the big one. Absolutely. And I think the only thing I could add to that is if they pick the wrong goal, they might readjust to a, a, a wiser, smarter goal because maybe they didn't know that, like, again, I'm not going to put on 50 pounds of, of solid muscle. But if I didn't know that from this industry, this process would have helped me. But also I might have found another goal that I'm more apt to want to obtain because my fitness level got much higher than I ever thought. So that's why we are sticklers with the science and the model. Yes. And Anthony, we did see your top or your information about right. a topic. So I really appreciate that. So we will have SAQ for you coming up probably in the next couple of weeks. So thank you for that. And again, if any of you guys are listening, have some topics you want us to discuss, please, you will put our contact information up here, but please feel free to, you know, send us an Instagram message. You can email us directly um, because again, we do this for you, but we also do it for, you know, for ourselves. We enjoy it. We love it. Right. we Unfortunately, I hate to say this because it makes us sound old. We've been doing it for a very long time. So we've experienced a lot of things that have been struggles, um, you know, for newer, newer trainers because we've been there. You know? And if, if you want to hear old, as I mentioned, um, I'm mentoring my son. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like I'm old <laughs> enough to have a son that might be doing this soon. As great as that sounds, it's like, okay. Well, I've been playing Uno with mine, so I'm just going to call you the old man. <laughs> right, I just started early. That's all. But I can still get up off the floor with no hands. So talking you know, about, it's, talking a, it's a win-win, right? Hey, well, there's... I'm thinking about it. I'm going to have a personal trainer when I'm old and decrepit. This is genius on my part. It is genius. Yes, yes. Remember those times where I had to put food on the table? Now right. it's payback. Exactly. <laughs> um, awesome. But if you guys want to contact me directly, you can email me at wendy.bats at nasm.org or you can find me on Instagram at wendy.bats13. My information is there, marty.miller at nasm.org, Instagram, dr.martymiller72. If there's any questions you guys need to ask, fire away. I'm also going to be on Instagram every Tuesday live to answer these questions. And I know Wendy humbly won't say it enough, but she does an amazing podcast with our other dear friend, Ken Miller, Random Fit. Give us the information. Give us the questions. We'll answer it. And to find the Random Fit, Wendy? 
Yeah, well, you know, we actually have those. They they go um, live in, on Wednesdays and we talk about all different types, not so much about like personal trainers, but more just for the consumers. We talk about all kinds of fun, random topics. We've talked about gym equipment, gym clothes, shoes, um, you know, just, yeah. And coming up, we've got some really fun topics for 2022. So we hope to see you guys there. And they can find them wherever they find their podcast, right? That is correct. Awesome. Well, Wendy, it's a great way to start 2022. And for our amazing producer, Eric, thank you. And for everyone that joined in, thank you so much. Look forward to having an amazing 2022 with all of you. Take care.